sermon title tonight is called Fighting Words. Go back up there. I want to see what she put up there. I want to see how she did it. Oh, there you go. I like that. It reminds me of me, except all the smoke. I don't think I could handle that. You know, last week we talked about confessing the word. We talked about putting the word of God in your mouth. And I'm going to tell you that's one of the most powerful truths you'll ever learn is to take the word and put it in your mouth. Makes the Bible real. Makes the Bible come alive. Um, then, so let's start off with 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And even though you've heard it, I learned something a long time ago. And I'm, let, let me back up a minute and Barbara will enjoy this. I found a, I found a, a publisher for the children's books. I found an illustrator. An illustrator. And he's in California. And he is real good. He's a Rhema grad. His wife pastors a church and he's full-time illustrator for some really big companies and a lot of good stuff. Well, I found out that when I was writing my book, and it's funny, I was put, putting it on pages in, for the illustrator and I found out that I said mama once, mommy once, and mom once. And I went, okay, I wasn't very consistent. I'm amazed at how many times I've read the, it over and over and over and over and over, and I keep finding little mistakes. Like, like okay, that's, that's wrong. That's, you, don't, you don't say that. And, and, I, and I'm going, Lisa, we've got to redo this. We've got to type it over. And I'm like, okay. And um, I, I got to thinking, how many times we've read some scriptures and we think, well, I've heard that. Let, let me tell you something. You can read some 100 times, two, 300 times, and one day read it and go, oh, man, who rewrote that scripture for me? And that's the way it is with your Bible. And some things aren't real to you unless you do go over them, over them, over and over and over and over and over. And you might think, well, that's getting pretty redundant. Well, yeah, but sometimes I think we need a little redundancy. All of us do. So I want to turn to the board. I want you to read it off there. It says, um, may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Leave that up there for a minute because he makes a very distinct difference between the fact that a man, a person, is a three-part being. Uh, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Though we hear that, and though we know that's true, when's the last time we sat back and decided to break it down and define every area and how do they work? So I did that for us, the flesh, the soul, and the spirit. The flesh is how you reach um, it is your area of I feel. It is, it's where your feelings come from. Um, soul, it, the voice of your soul, the voice of your flesh is feelings. The voice of your soul is reasoning. And the voice of your spirit is conscience. Now, if you don't know that and you don't understand that, there's a lot of Christians who are flesh ruled. And what that means is their feelings 
predominate. They, their feelings rule them. You have feelings, but they were not designed by God to rule you. And you have a mind, a will, and emotions. You have reasoning faculty. But your reasoning could be wrong. Your feelings can be wrong. And because of that, God gave us a foundation of truth, and there's no feeling and there's no reasoning in it. So having said that, you, you're, you know, the, our three parts all have voices, and very often you'll find yourself talking from the position of being a body. I hurt, I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm offended. All of those are feelings, and they're not wrong necessarily until they become primary. Boy, y'all are really good, but I know you're listening. So go to John 6, 63, first of all, and let's pop that on the screen. And let's deal with this for a minute because it's very important. It is the spirit who gives you life. The flesh profits you what? Not a thing. That is hard for people to hear. Now, let's use a word here that you hear in church, but let's go down this vein a little while. God gives you a new identity. When you're born again, your identity is Jesus. My identity is not German Welch. My identity is not male. It's not old man. It's not even pastor. All of those are from a physical realm. They profit me none. There is nothing your flesh, this side of heaven, will ever do for you that will gain you an advantage. But that's where most people get their worth. You ask them, you know, my name is Joe, and, uh, and, and, and I'm a, or, or my name is Susie, and I'm a beautician. You're not a beautician. You do beautician. You are not a beautician. My name is Daryl. I'm a race car driver. No, no, you're not. You drive cars, but you're not a race car. Your identity has nothing to do with what you do. It has nothing to do with whether you were born in, in Puerto Rico or Hawaii. The dirt your mother birthed you on has nothing to do with you. But yet the world today, that is their primary. I am gay. No, you're not. That's sin. You say, well, I was born this way. We'll get born again. <laughs> but what's happened in our society today is that everyone in the world and three quarters of Christians all get their identity from their flesh. And you're, and you're messed up because of that. And it is a, now that changes. One day you're a barber, and next day you're a beautician, and next day you're unemployed. 
that, that's not who you are. So there is a flesh. Now, I've got another scripture for you. And let, me, let me show it to you so you can see it in your Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.16. From now on, we regard no one according to what? Your flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we don't even know him like that anymore. Jesus, people say, what did he look like? Can I tell you a secret? It, it don't matter. It don't matter if he's tall, don't matter if he's short. Don't matter if he's skinny, don't matter if he's fat. Don't matter if he's bald-headed or got a head of hair. All of that matters nothing. Wow. But the world today, people have major meltdowns over how they look or how they appear to look to other people. When a person wants to change their identity today, don't get mad at me, they come in with green hair, earrings everywhere. You can't change the man on the inside by by doing something crazy to the guy on the outside. Thank you. But see, as long as your identity is stuck in who you are is a body, and you understand that when you die, you're leaving it here, so get all the diamonds out before you go. People will be picking them off at the funeral. All right, now let's go to soul, Proverbs 3, 5. Let's go to the soul. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And don't, do not, do not lean to your understanding. Your understanding is only based on the information you've put in there. Half wrong, half outdated. I know, there's only so many halves. But, but you know, all the stuff you learned in school, I hate to tell you, but they've thrown all those books in the trash. But the Bible, they have never, not ever going to in 100,000 years, it'll still be the same. So your reasoning faculty, what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden where, where the devil comes up and said, did God say? And she looked at the tree and said, well, I mean, it looks good. It's tasty. He didn't, God didn't say anything about her thinking about it. Don't get into your mind when it comes to what God said. Don't, don't get into, don't start asking yourself questions. Well, I'll tell you what I think about it. That's really relevant. And yet, most people. Now, let's go back to feelings for a minute. And I want to show you something. The reason that is dangerous is this. How many of y'all remember the movie years ago? And you're going to help me. Y'all help me who are movie fans. Well, the one with the doctor that was supposed to have killed his wife and, and he's spending his whole movie trying to prove that he, the fugitive. Now, when you're watching the movie, by the time you're three quarters of the way, they've got you 100% convinced the doctor didn't do it. But it was based on a true story, and the doctor did. Your feelings can be manipulated. And most of the time, they're not right. You know, and you know this if you're married. One day you can feel in love. Next day you can feel completely out of love. 
I just don't have feelings for her anymore. Boy, y'all, I must have lit up a Christmas tree right there. So the, the problem with feelings, feelings are governed by what you're thinking about, and what you're thinking about could be wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to prove it to you. Right now in the United States of America, you can bring up subjects and people will get up in a church and walk out. And they're dead wrong, but they felt offended. The Jews, Jesus preaching to them, it says they picked up rocks to stone him. Why? Because he said something they didn't agree with and, and they left saying, he sure made us feel bad. You know, I see cops sometimes get behind me with a Christmas tree and I get feelings. It doesn't mean the cop is wrong. doesn't mean I am. But feelings are fickle as they can be. And the problem we're having today is you can't even get into a discussion with some people because they're going to go by how you made him feel. Well, you know, you just don't know how you made me feel today. I'm sorry you felt that way, but you're just wrong. Or you could be right. You could feel right and be wrong. You could feel wrong and be right and feel. Listen, your body is never a gauge on truth. Right now, we got people on television. They're going, "Well, we're just offended." That's your fault. But but here's the thing that's even worse: you can't hardly get into a discussion with anybody on something they on a subject they don't agree with you on. Because they can't hear it because it made them feel bad. Thank you. Let, 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 let's, let's prove. Let, let's pretend I went to the Jehovah Witness right now. Went down to the Jehovah Witness. And I walked in and I said, well, if you don't receive Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Everybody in the room would feel angry. And their feelings are completely wrong. Because I came in because I care. So you don't go in. There are people who haven't talked with you. There are people I never discuss anything with. Because the moment I bring up a touchy subject, that friendship's over forever. I know parents who have kids that are, they're bad. Don't discuss it with them. They can't hear it. One man looked at me and said, I did everything I know. And I said, yeah, and you don't know much. And he looked at me real funny, and I thought our friendship was going to end right there, and it didn't. <laughs> so preaching, that makes preaching tough because there are subjects you have to dance around. Bring up sin. Not long. Well, I'll tell you what, I felt good last Sunday, but this Sunday I didn't feel so good. 
And I didn't, I mean, I mean, the whole church was just quiet. And I mean, it's like, I just think that he's, I just, I just don't think he prayed much. Because I didn't feel so good. I didn't feel the spirit. <laughs> it might be you. You know, I, I preach like a, I preach like an ocean. I ebb and tide. I preach on how much God loves you. And occasionally I preach on your responsibility. And about the time you're choking half to death, I go back to the love of God. I'm being honest. Because people, you just can't handle too much. It's me. You need, we might need to make some changes. Thank you. So, so, so did I read Proverbs 3, 5? I did. Go, now, now go, go to Ephesians 5, 18. And let's talk about the spirit. Your spirit is the realm of your conscience. People have said, I don't hear God well. Let me, there's two reasons for that. Number one, your, your mind is too loud and noisy. And your feelings are too noisy. If you want to hear God, you got to get, a, there's a place called in the spirit. You got to get in the spirit. I'm going to let it get quiet here for a minute. When you have a, a time where you are turning the world off and turn it off, Sunday is not a work day. Turn the world off and go spend time with God because you can't get in the spirit in 10 minutes or 30. You need to pull away and draw away and spend time seeking his face and walking with him and talking with him and singing and get your mind off of, you know, let me just stop right here. When I was in Israel, I loved what they do. And you guys think it's legalism. But they take the Sabbath off. When I grew up, if you wanted to go someplace on Sunday and buy something, it was a Dairy Queen or nothing. You weren't buying nothing on Sunday. And you picked, you snapped beans on the front porch and made ice cream on, and everybody went home and had family time. And, and let me tell you something, that's healthy. But the world is after the dollar, and that ain't doing you any good because you're going to die. And on your deathbed, you're not going to say, boy, I wish I'd have made more money. But the Sabbath is really a time of fasting where you fast the world, the flesh, and the death. Fast it. Get out of that thing a while and get over to where you can hear from God. Because if you get to where you can't hear from God, come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're screwed up. You're relying on your mind, which is not right. And not God. You make all kind of dumb mistakes when you rely on your intellect. Now, it's not that much up there compared to God. Boy, I had to throw that in there. See, I got, I got a reaction and a feeling. Yeah. Oh, I felt a, a little you know, coming up. Just a little lighten up, Jack. All right. Ephesians 5.18. Let's go there. Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Why? Because you need to have times to where your spirit man 
is talking, ruling. You need to live out of your spirit. The recreated man needs to be primary dominant in your life. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You've got to feed your spirit. You've got to feed your soul. You've got to walk in the spirit. You've got to spend time drawing out of the world and get near to God who is a spirit because that's where you get your strength. You can, you, you can be spiritually weak or spiritually strong. But, but most people that Lisa and I meet, most people, and most of them are like baby Christians, they go, well, you know, I just don't, you know, we'll talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't feel it. <laughs> don't matter. Don't matter. Well, I just don't feel him. And, and, and while people are baby Christians, you hear that talk. I mean, it's, it's predominant. I don't feel. Or somebody in the church said something to you, and your feelings were hurt. I say this in love. Big deal. I'm the pastor. You've hurt mine. I'm the pastor. I've hurt mine. You don't, you don't work around people that you don't rub flesh and somebody don't get their feelings hurt, but you don't let it rule you. The love of God is supposed to rule you, and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, not your body. Thank you. Let's look at another one, Galatians 5.16. I'm, I'm, I'm going real slow right now, but I'm going slow on purpose. I say walk in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. You have to know I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. And I'm supposed to be doing spirit stuff. All right, let's, let me prove one to you. Let's, let's prove one of the things that I'm saying. You either are doing it now or you used to. But you remember when you first got filled with the Holy Ghost spoken tongues, how difficult it was for you to pray in tongues and your mind didn't have a clue what you're doing. And your mind's going, uh, uh, how long are we going to be here? It's like, uh, isn't there something on television? And I'm hungry. And what are we saying? And what word was that? Was that Chinese? I mean, it's like, uh, is this baby jibber? And your mind is over there throwing a childish fit while your spirit man is worshiping God. So you walk up to people and say, you speak in tongues? You, uh, yeah, I did once. I used to. Yeah, don't do it much. Um, yeah, don't see the need. Didn't feel anything. Well, <laughs> quit asking your body and ask God. But we're dealing with a, what we call a carnal Christian, a carnal Christian. That's a flesh-ruled Christian, and they're as schizo as they can be. The carnal Christians are schizophrenic. They're crazy. So don't get mad at me what I'm going to say. They're here about three months and they're gone. The Lord led them somewhere else. That's a lie straight from hell. He didn't either. Quit blaming him for your rebellion. Your flesh. Thank you. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. Yeah, but this is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting into your reasoning. 
you're battling your brain against God. I mean, one of y'all's wrong. I know y'all are awfully quiet in the night. I don't know. Jude one twenty. Go to Jude one twenty. I'm trying to grow us up. That's the reason you come on Wednesday night, so you can say, I think I'd like to grow. I can't grow without some truth, and a little truth's going to make you feel bad, for it, but just get over it. We'll get there. We'll get you there. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you prayed in tongues and didn't feel a charge? Most of the time. So I'm going to ask you a question. When you drove here tonight, was your battery being charged by your alternator? How do you know it was? Because you're going to go out in a minute, you're going to put a key in it, it's going to to crank. But I will guarantee you, none of you came down the road going, oh, that alternator is working, baby. Oh, I feel the vibes. You didn't feel nothing while that battery was being charged. You, you, your battery, your spirit man is not, fee, it's not just because you're praying in tongues doesn't mean you're supposed to have a feeling. You may have feelings. You can have feelings and it not be God. I mean, that's not, yeah, let, let's get, let's, let's just talk about sex. Have you ever had the feeling, oh, God, I'm in love. You just saw her. It's not, it's not, it's not love. It's the bikini. I'm trying to relate to you a little bit. It's amazing what we think. Man, I was, man, oh, man, I knew it was love at first sight. No, you can't know anybody in 30 seconds. Ain't no way. You just went, oh, she's hot. But you might want to get to know her. She might be crazy. Okay, I'm trying to help us. All right. When God talks to you, he speaks to you through your spirit man. He does not speak to you through your mind. That's why you go, well, I don't hear God. That's because you're in your soul too much. When Adam fell, his soul became dominant, not his spirit. The world out there, 75 to 80% aren't even born again, and they reason. Well, I don't know why a good God would send anybody to hell. And they go to hell based on what they think. You're going to go to hell forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and forever based on your dumb head. Why don't you at least look in the Bible and see what it says? I don't need to. I'm doing good. There's a lot of stuff in the book that we don't know. And it would be beneficial if you did. All right, now we're going to get it. We're getting into something. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Now let's go over there. And I'm just now starting my sermon. I, I did all of that just to, just to read this one scripture. Because there's some things I want, to, I, want to, I want to brand your brain with truth. I want you to go. Second Corinthians 10.3. For though we walk in our flesh, that means we live in a body, we're not warring according to our flesh. That means you're in a war. 
with who? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Are you not? Yes, you are. Not, not people contrary to what you think. Well, you just don't know what they did. Stop. Irrelevant. If God is for you, no matter what they do. Quit fighting people. Stop it. It's not scriptural. The Baptists are not your problem. The seven-day Adventists aren't your problem. The President of the United States is not your problem. Thank you all. Boy, you all are exciting right now. All right. Though we walk in the flesh, we're not warring according to our flesh. But the weapons of our warfare, we fight the good fight of faith, are not flesh, carnal, but mighty in God pulling down strongholds. What strongholds? We're not talking about demons flying through the city. So where are the strongholds that you and I are dealing with every day of our life that are messing us up? They're in your head. It is wrong thinking, wrong believing, and wrong information. It doesn't mean your heart is wrong. Your heart can love God, and you can be flat stupid. I say it, you know why I say it that way? Because if I say you could be wrong, you didn't hear me. And you kind of go, stupid. You go, that made me feel bad. Good. All right, all right, all right let's, let's read it. Let's read it here because this is huge. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not, you, there's, forget, forget a natural fight. You're not in one. But they're mighty to pull down strongholds, casting down arguments. The one translation says imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought running around in your head that is not God into captivity. If you're thinking wrong, get it captive. If you're feeling wrong, get it captive. Now that's powerful, guys. That's whether you know it or not, the biggest war you'll ever be in in your life is in your head. It's in you. The battles that we deal with that we don't want anybody to know about. How you doing? Ha <laughs> fine, dude, rock on. Like hell. Like it's been bad, but I ain't telling nobody because I'm, yeah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we don't want to tell anybody, we don't talk about it, saying nobody can help you, but, but most of them is stuff that the devil has stuck in your head that God, that you need to get it out of there. Now, how do you do that? Well, we walk by faith and not by sight. The word sight's not talking about your eye gates. It's talking about your five physical senses, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your feelings. You walk by the word and not by the way it looks, appears, or feels to you. And until you do that, so what happened in the Garden of Eden? God said, don't eat it or you'll die. And Eve went, it looks good, not relevant. Smells good, not relevant. Make you smart, not relevant. So she tried it and gave it to Adam and they died and God went, what did I say? Yeah, but the devil said, well, this, well, listen, this is what we thought. The woman next door, beautiful. Your wife is mean, irrelevant. Thank you. 
Well, she doesn't care about me anymore. Irrelevant. Dance with the one you brung, darling. I mean, if you, never mind. In other words, there's too much goofiness going on in the world today that doesn't need to go on if people actually walked by faith. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit more. Go Go to Luke 4. Go to Luke 4. And let's see, how did Jesus do it? Jesus did it. Bible says Jesus was tempted in all manner as you are. That means that when Mary Magdalene walked in, he had a thought. <laughs> She's hot. Not Jesus. He was tempted to commit suicide. He actually thought about killing himself. So is the temptation you? No. This is where I'm going. Let, let me jump way ahead of myself. I was afraid. Were you? Were you? Yeah. Well, the Bible says God hadn't given you a spirit of fear. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and this is going to make you mad. Impossible for you to be afraid. You're a spirit. Fear is a demon. Don't say, I'm a demon. You're not a demon. I was afraid. No, you weren't. That's a lie. That's a stronghold. It's your dumb head. You're not afraid. God did not give me. So how do you counteract the feeling? I was afraid. God didn't give me. You say to the spirit. Are you afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm a new creation. I'm made in the image of God. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. Go in Jesus' name. Because if I'm not going to talk out of my spirit, then I'm going to talk out of my body. I'm not a body. Are y'all, do you understand where we're going here? Until you and I make up our mind that this is truth, not how you feel or how you think, does not give you truth. Do I feel afraid? Yes. How do I know I wasn't afraid? Because I'm a spirit. And I'm complete. And I'm made in the image of God, and it's impossible for me to be afraid. I'm not a body. Did I feel it in my soul? Yes. Did I feel it in my flesh? Yes. Am I afraid? No. So now I know to speak to it. Just because I was tempted with fear doesn't mean it's me or I am it. Say, say it again, wow. That's, do you understand? When you're walking by faith, you're going to walk by the word and who Jesus said you are. Or the fear will attach and you will act on it and it will overtake you though it came from the outside. Now you've embraced it. And it won't go away until you resist it. But you won't resist it if you don't know that fear is an it and not you. That, does that make sense? Okay, okay, I got ahead of myself. I got way ahead of myself. Okay. Woo. L- Luke 4.1. 
Jesus being tempted. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned in the Spirit from the Jordan and by the Spirit and in the wilderness and was tempted 40 days of the devil. In those days, he ate nothing. Afterwards, when he was ended, he was hungry. And the devil said, if, is he lying? If you're the son of God, is, is the devil lying? Is Jesus the son of God? The, Jesus didn't even address that. Well, if you're really saved. Why would you feel the way you feel right now? If you were really in love, why would you feel the way you feel right now? Because I'd like to kill my husband right now. And I... I just came over here and I want to do that for you. Is anybody listening... Do you, want to, do you want to walk in the Spirit? Say yes. 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 You're going to walk in the Word. No, listen to it. Listen to, and the devil said, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to be written. Jesus said, it is what? Now listen to what I'm going to say. And I said this years ago. Barbara remembers this. You'll never win a silent battle. You can't think him away. It don't go away because you think. What are you doing? Well, I'm really going through something right now. I'm really going through something right now. <laughs> Let me say something, numb nut. You are not going to get the devil out because you've reasoned him away. Jesus, it didn't say Jesus thought about it a while. Let me think about this a while. Let me just, let me analyze this a little bit here. And the devil said, because I am hungry, and uh, I don't think God would care if I made a loaf of bread right now. I mean, like, oh, yeah, I feel bad. But he opened up and he said, it's written. Now, what he's going to do is he's going to lean on the word. The devil is not interested in what you think, but he is interested in what God said. And the only way you're going to resist him and get him to flee is by you saying something. Now, we're, now we're talking tonight about the proper use of your words, but we're starting with just one basic area. What do you do when the devil comes and, and last week we talked about confessing the word. You're confessing the word before the battle so you'll have it in your arsenal when the battle comes. You need to know what it says so that when the fight comes, you're like, I got you, Jack. No. Don't go looking for your Bible in the fight. So I have a pet peeve. It's a Rocky movie. All the men are going, okay. But, but now listen to me. And there's one thing in the Rocky movie that was completely stupid. Rocky is in the ring and he's getting his brains beat out. And his coach is got him in instruction mode. Listen to me. If Rocky don't know what he's doing by now, he's in trouble. He, you don't go in the corner to learn to fight. 
Rocky, this is what you need to be doing right now. Let me tell you something. Your brain is off when you're in the ring. Okay. So I never watch that movie that I don't scream at the, his coach and go, shut up. Encourage him. But all the training is over. He's in a fight. Now, Bruce knew what I said. When you're in a fight, your training takes over. If you didn't do, if you didn't practice in the ring before the fight, you're not going to do good in the fight. You can just forget the fight. You're you're coming out. They're carrying you out on stretcher. Thank y'all, Bruce. Just say amen. Okay. Reading your Bible after the fight's begun is like <laughs> forget it. So there's a point where you need to start putting that word in your mouth and in your soul on a daily basis. Now, Bruce will tell you this is true. When you go to the dojo or the gym, you're up there doing the same thing over and 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 over so that when someone swings at you, you do it by reflex. If you, if you got to think about it, your head will fall off on the floor. Bruce, say amen. Amen. If he doesn't kick you in the head first and knock you down. But this is where most Christians live. They're sitting around asking you to do their praying for them, and they don't even know how. That's why we have Wednesday nights. Because we have to have some people who go, I would like to mature. And verse 5, and the devil took him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world in a moment of time, and he said, all this authority I'm going to give you. It will be delivered to me, and I'll give it who I want to. And if you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. And the Bible says Satan left him for a more opportune time, which means he came back later, but he won the fight. Adam didn't win the fight, but Jesus won the fight. And Jesus won all the fights. Because he was ready before he ever went in the wilderness. Because he'd been in the word before he ever went out there. He, he had his boxing gloves on. He'd been doing his push-ups. He had his scriptures. And like, Come on, devil, I'll take you out. Yep. All right. Okay, okay. J- James 4-7. Pop, pop, Joel 4-7 up here. Jesus, no, that's not James 4-7. I'll just wait on you. I know I'm, I'm pushy. Submit to God. Resist who? The devil, and he will flee. If you don't resist him, he ain't going anywhere. So Lisa and I were talking the other night about teaching people what to do when they're tempted. That's quiet in this Baptist church. What do you do when the devil comes along and goes, hey, what do you think about this? You're like, yeah, I've been thinking about that. No, I don't think so. You know he's going to come. What's he going to tempt you in? I'm going to give you a few. Number one, to fear. He's going to tempt you in the day you're in to fear. He will, the spirit of fear will come again to to sit on your shoulder and talk to you. 100% will come. 
Do you know? Um, Second Timothy one. What, what was the scripture about there? Let's go back there. One, Second Timothy one seven. Put it up there. How do you even know that what I just said to you is true without a Bible? Let's read it. God didn't give you a what? The Bible says that fear is a spirit and it is not coming out of the inside of you. You are incapable of producing it. But you're not incapable of yielding to it. Unless you resist it and how do you do that? I would highly recommend you learn that scripture. And the next time fear comes, though the devil tells you, are you afraid? You go, no, I'm, I'm not. How do you feel? None of your business. Are you afraid? No, God didn't give me a spirit of fear. So I say to you, fear, leave me in Jesus' name. I refuse to fear. I don't have to fear. I do not have to live in fear. If God is for me, who could be against me? Shut up and leave in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says he'll flee in, as in terror. He's scared to death of the word of God. Once you start dealing with him as it is written, you now are the master of the devil. Yeah, but you could die. Can't die. I already was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet Christ in me, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave him for me. And he said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Now, are you referring to my body? Yeah, but not until I say so because I can have what I say. Why don't you shut up? If you could have killed me before now, you would have killed me. Why don't you just shut up and leave me alone and back out of here? Because God didn't give me a spirit of fear, and I'm not dying before my time, so please leave in the name of Jesus. Now, the doctor told me one time I had a year. I went, nah. He said, I'm a doctor. I said, I'm a saint. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't owe him an explanation, but I just looked at him and laughed, and I went, well, Mark 11, 23 and 24, whatever I desire, when I pray, believe I receive them, I shall have them. If I say to the mountain, be removed. And I said, you know, and, I, and, and with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. And until I'm satisfied, and right now I'm not satisfied, so I'm not going anywhere. And he said he'd give me the desires of my heart, so I think I'll stick around a while. Yeah, but what about your heart? I said, what about it? it doesn't, it's not bigger than God. Yeah, but uh, I said, well, you're educated in school, and I'm educated in the Word of God. And I said, I have a higher university than you do. I got somebody who knows more about my body because he made it. Now, you're guessing. You're practicing. He isn't. <laughs> if you're a doctor and a nurse and you've studied medicine so long, you're messed up because it's more real to you than the Bible. You have more faith in a pill than the gospel. Let's do another one. <laughs> Have you ever been tempted to fight? It, it's, this is what it sounds like. I wouldn't take that crap if I was you.
what do you do? It's the temptation. Go to Romans 8.31. Because it's a temptation. It's, it's a spirit talking to you. But you're going to have to do something with the word now, right? Right? You ready to find out what to do? Okay. What can I say to all these things? If God's on my side, it don't matter what Lisa does. I'm picking on her. Because most of the time with y'all, it's husband and wife. Or my boss or the world. If God is on my side. Me and God are majority. What does that do? It settles you down. You're like, okay, I'm cool. I'm fine. I don't have to fight with you. You can be wrong. I love you. <laughs> you may go to heaven. You may not. I don't know. It's none of my business. I'm not going to catch it. I'm walking around. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it at night. I guarantee you that. Are y'all out there? Or did you go home? We spend too much time wrestling with stuff, stuff absolutely no importance. Pick your, pick your battles. There are fights not worth winning. Let's look at another one along the same line, tempted to fight. 1 Peter 3, 23. Is that what, or was it second? It's not in there. Okay, where was I going? Yeah, hold on a minute. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. I wrote a scripture down wrong, and she didn't know where I was going. I don't know where I'm going. 1 Peter 3. Oh, it's 2. 1 Peter 2.23. Now, look, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. When he was reviled, he did not what? He didn't revile and return. That don't come easy. Oh, no. I had to read that scripture. And we're just going to have a personal conversation. I must have read that scripture every day for a month before I got like 50% better. And then I read it a lot more for the next month. And eventually, I finally got rooted enough. So how, how does you renew your mind? You renew your mind by doing it. Once you do it right a few times, you're like, Okay, good. I did it right. I did it. I, I didn't get mad. I can do this. Jesus did it. And so I can do it. Now, I'm going to show you another scripture. Lisa gave me this one, and she felt like I needed it. <laughs> because I did. Let me see if I can find it in here. Oh, I don't have my other Bible. See this? Oh, yeah. Go to Proverbs 17, 27. Y'all are going to want to write this down. This is a scripture Lisa gave to me one day. And, and it's called, be cool. <laughs> cool off. He who has knowledge spares his what, Amber? Words. Words. And a man of understanding is a calm spirit. Yeah, we're <laughs> so I, I read this, even a fool is counted wise if you just be quiet. So I would read this and then I would walk out and go, I'm ready for you, devil. The next person that says something to me, I, I'm going to answer them nice. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't feel like it. I felt violated. I felt like the Bible's wrong. 
This person needs to be helped some. Maybe slapped a little bit. But yet I found the power in this was so helpful. Because I found out, I was in a lot of discussions that didn't, well, Pastor, I don't agree with you. Have a good day. Ask me if I can. And I could be wrong. If you tell me I'm wrong, I'll listen to you. I'll go home and think about it. If I don't like your answer, I'll just leave it alone. It might take five more people to get my attention before I find out that you were right. But I've got news for you. God will send five more. Because he knows I'm slow. Just like you are. Okay, okay. Here's a good one. We're talking about confessing the word. Are you ready? First Peter 5, 7. Go there. We're going to go here. We're going to do this one. First Peter 5, 7. We're going to do this one. You ever been tempted to worry? Don't you lie to me. Every day. What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about that job? What are we going to do about that business? What are we going to do about that house? What are we going to do about the car? What are we going to do about the kids? What are we going to do about that? Oh, my God. What are we going to do about that? Well, there's things that you can do, but there's things that you cannot do. So this is going to become a life scripture. Cast all your what? Why? He cares about me. So here you are. The devil comes along and goes, what are you going to do? Nothing. How's that going to turn out? Good. What makes you think so? I cast my care on the Lord. He cares about me. People have tried that before. I said, well, they tried it, but they didn't do it. If you do it, it worked. I refuse to worry about it. I don't have a care in the world. Now, see, I mean, I, I, mean, I have days, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying this for your sake, that I'll walk around and I'll just talk to myself. And it sounds like this. I don't have a care in the world. I don't have a worry in the world. You know what I'm doing? I'm resisting because right now I'm really worried about something. I got some issue that I'm trying to deal with, and I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to sit around and let, think about it all day and mess up my day, and then only to find out that all of my worrying didn't fix anything. I spent too much time wasting, and I would just say, "I don't have a care in the world." I actually got to where now, every morning, my feet don't come out of the bed until I say, "I don't have a care." <laughs> Ain't nothing going to happen to me today that God can't handle. I don't have a care in the world. God is a good God, and the worst thing that will happen is I'm going to die and go to heaven. Good morning, where's my coffee? But what I'm doing is I'm renewing my mind, and I'm speaking out of my spirit. I'm not allowing the world, the flesh, and the devil to control me. Though those things are real, they are real. But there's things I can't fix, and you can't either. Now, you can pray about it and say, I prayed about it. I'm going to give it to God. You ready for another one? Go to Romans 6, 14. What do you do when you're tempted to sin? I mean, we're adults. I think we can talk a little bit about sin. Any children in here? Oh, Barbara Neff, maybe. It's kind of childish, but not. Justin, he's a baby. When I lived in Tulsa, my marriage was not doing well. What happens to a man? Don't video me right now. This is the wrong time to video me. This is not. This is a bad time. Just next time, do another one, but not this one. What happens when you're having marriage problems and your sex life is not well? 
and pretty girls come by with minimal clothing. Then you work in their apartments and they're all over you. I don't know whether you all know this or not. This would be referred to as a temptation. And the feelings, if the men would understand this, there's feelings that go along with that. And they're like, (laughs) God will forgive you. And you deserve this. But then your brain goes back to Joseph and he said, this would not please God. And you know you'd better leave because the feelings are, this is your new wife. Well, I just had a feeling today. You don't want to go with that one. Y'all are so quiet. I mean, I don't, Zach's the only one in here who even knows what I'm talking about. Now, look at there. Sin shall, see, I have, I have young men come all the time and go, well, Pastor, I just, I just couldn't resist anymore. Yeah, you could have. You never resisted right. Did you open your mouth and speak to it? Out loud? Sin has no dominion over me. I am not a sinner. Though I feel like a sinner right now, I actually feel sinful. I'm having wicked thoughts. And they're nice. Well, come over here. And you'd better know the difference between your flesh, your soul, and your wife, and your spirit. And you'd better say, I'm a new creation. All of the old man is gone. He doesn't exist anymore. And sin has no dominion over me. That breaks that tie that Satan is bringing. And you can walk out of that situation and later look back and go, Oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't yield to that. Come on. But you, but you have to think about it beforehand. You have to think, what will I do when? Because it's coming. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there are women out there that are nice. And nice. I mean, real nice. But you're not married to them, so you don't really know her. You wait till you marry her and, 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 and Corilla DeVille will come out of the closet. And she will go, ah, and you're going to go, what the heck did I just do? I gave up a, 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 a slightly bad wife for you. <laughs> Can I come home, dear? No. No. What's the number one? What's the number one thing that kills your finances? Divorce. What kills divorce? Can't quite make up who your wife is. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to tell you something. 45 seconds 
ain't worth it. There, the devil never made a woman worth that. Or a man. Now, here's how I handle it. I'm just going to give you my take on it. I have, a, I, have a, I have a thought process I let my brain go through. Every woman who approaches me, and they don't anymore. I've got to tell you that. It just hadn't happened in a while. I don't know whether it's this nice, wonderful belly of mine or this bald head, but I just hadn't had a lot of hugs and, and fl- baby anymore. But, but when it did, I always had this thought, she has a disease. And though it may not be true, it is enough. I go, I don't care what you look like, honey. You ain't worth that. And I, and I lie to myself in order to get myself to run. And I had it happen a lot. I had one old lady one day. I mean, I'm not picking on old women. I'm really not picking on old women. And this woman had to have been 80 years of age. Oh, good Lord. I'm in her apartment. I'm changing the light out and light fixture. And she's in there going, Hey, baby. And I'm on a ladder, and I finally, and and I was not as mature as I am now. And I said, darling, don't break anything. I said, I've had 20-year-old girls in this apartment complex. I said no to. Honey, you're not even in the running. Just go back and have a cup of coffee and leave me to change your light bulb, you know. just. And she got, like, offended, but that's okay. I needed it. When you're 80, really, never mind. This has been too much. I know you want me to go on. I've already got some of you. (laughs) Go to Matthew 6, 24. Well, I'm glad that y'all got some joy tonight. I appreciate it. Folks, it's a big deal, believe it or not. In the world we live in today, it's a big deal. Yes, both sides. Matthew 6, 24. What do you do when you're tempted to covet? Get more. Give more. Give more. more. (laughs) I don't think that was the right answer. Jesus had a lot to say about money and, and our attitude toward it. Even though we preach prosperity, it is possible for you to seek money and to do things for a gain that are not right. And, and I think um, there's people in here that will know what I'm referring to. I've had people come to me and write me checks to pray for their children, and I just get it back. I can't take a check, though my checkbook might have been empty, and it sure looked good, and I could justify, Heavenly Father, thank you, be bless this woman coming in and going out. Send any more of your friends with bad kids in here. I need all the women like you to be. No, I cannot. Listen to me. You cannot do things. You cannot take advantage of people for that. You cannot do it. 
Larry Connell was a, a car salesman that came to church here for a while, and he got fired. How many different dealerships, Betty, um, Barbara? Two I know of because he was doing a deal with somebody, and they called him in the office, and they were going over how they were taking advantage of this person, and, and Larry said, no, you will not do that. This is my customer. You will not do that. Larry, it's business. He said, it's crooked. He said, you'll get fired. He said, goodbye. I will not lie. I, I'm selling them a car. I'm going, to, I'm going to give them an honest deal. And we're going to make our money honestly. And he got fired. I know of two dealerships. He finally went to Galen Black when he went in. He was their top salesman. You're going to, you're going to throw your top salesman under the bus to make a little bit of this? It happens all the time. And Satan uses this to pull you. You find a way to make a little extra money. Can't do it. Anyway, um, Matthew, I, that's the scripture I quote. But in, in any way, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, let's go over there. The last one is I don't feel God. But pastor, I don't feel God. I don't feel God. I don't feel him. I went to church, I didn't feel him. I prayed, I didn't feel anything. We walk by what? Not by what? You don't walk by the way you feel. Truth is not based on your feeling. Don't ask your body whether the Bible's true. So here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you. Just, it may be hard for you to hear it. I would give if it never came back. Why? Because I'm going to trust God. He said, give. That's the end of that. Now, the fact that it comes back is a blessing. But I've learned that if he says it, it's just true. One, learning to not let the way you feel rule you is huge. Justin's getting his pilot's license. And he's in for a real surprise when he goes to get his instrument rating. And they're going to take him up in an airplane and they're going to prove to him they can fly him upside down and he won't know it. You go, I wouldn't know it. No, you wouldn't either. Because your feelings lie. They'll put you in an airplane. And an airplane, in order to keep from rolling over, is once you bank it 45 degrees to the right, you have to take the yoke and pull it to keep it from rolling upside down. Air's a liquid. That thing wants to roll. So in order to keep it from rolling, you turn it into a left. You got, it in a, you got the yoke turning left to keep it from growing right. So what are you going to do if he rolls you almost over, hands you the yoke, and it's to the left? He says, I want you to straighten the plane out. And you jerk the yoke to the right, you're going over. You can't go by your feelings. Those instruments, that's God. If it says you're 3,000 feet, you're 3,000 feet. If it says you're diving, you're diving. I can take you up and dive and you'll swear you're climbing because your ears lie, your, your feelings, your senses. I mean, you're going to get in there and they're going to, you're going to make yourself fly by instruments and nothing to do with the way you feel. Or they're not letting you in an airplane because a man in a cloud in an airplane has, the, has about, I think it's one or two minutes before he's dead. 
you will die shortly if you fly in a cloud. And you better not go in one until you're trained. Well, Christianity, we're teaching you to fly by faith. Instruments only. That's it. Mike's got it. There are times when I walk through my house and I'll say, I'm total word right now. I'm total word. I'm total word right now. And I'll talk myself. I'm, I'm totally on the word. I'm not going by the way I feel. Because my feelings are going crazy right now. Satan will do everything in his power to get you off the will of God and get you out of the will of God. Your adversary, the devil, and he would love nothing more than to take you out. If you don't learn what I taught you tonight, he may very well do that. We walk by the word. Totally. So when I, one Sunday I was in here and I told people, I said, there's days I don't even feel saved. And you should have heard people sucking air. <gasps> You're the pastor. I said, I don't care who I am. There's days I don't feel saved. I don't even feel like coming to church. There's days I start praying. I don't feel like praying. I'm like, ah, what am I doing? Honey, is there anything on TV tonight? What do you do? I press. Draw nigh. Act on the word. Build yourself up. I didn't feel anything. Didn't matter. No matter what I felt anything or not. Oh, there's times I feel. Oh, God, get drunk. That's true. But if I didn't, did this help y'all? This is this is this is a big deal. Say I walk by faith, not by sight. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. My body doesn't rule me. My soul doesn't rule me. I'm ruled by the word. I'm out of time, but you're going to have to train yourself to do it. You've going to train. Like Rocky, you better get a punching bag right now. Because one day it's going to be somebody's head. One day you're going to go out there and the devil's going to go. Today's the day. Let's go to the wilderness. You're going to go. I'm ready for you, Jack. I've had times when I thought I, 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 I told the Lord one day, I said, my armor must look like it's been in a train wreck. I'm amazed that God has kept me. I have fought some battles, and so have you. And you can win them all, but you're going to win them on purpose. Amen. Now, I said some things tonight that may you may walked away and go, mm. pray about it. Anytime that someone gives you a new thought, feelings are attached to it. Pick up your Bible and see if what I said was true.
Don't allow feelings. I have good friends that have disagreed with me, and I said, brother, one man told me one time, he says, if you, if you do so-and-so, I'm going to disown you, and you'll never be my friend again. I went, goodbye. I said, you can't ask me to do wrong because you and I are friends, and we've been friends. That's emotional. I felt the hurt. I felt the pain. I felt it. But I went, no, I can't do that. i got to do right. I would pray that you and I would stay friends, but i got to do right. I got a church that needs me to do right. I got a wife that needs me to do right. I got a God that needs me to do right. I'm going to miss you. And I'm going to follow God. Amen. Does this help? Father God, thank you for this evening. I pray right now with, I came in here with the idea to, to teach all of us tonight how to fight with words. What we say is huge, especially in the heat of the battle. And we had fun and we talked about stuff, but what we say really is huge. And I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would walk out and learn that there's a time to just quote the word and speak out of your spirit and deal with the stuff. And some people tonight that leave, they might need to talk to a spirit of fear or they might need to talk to the devil who's trying to get them off of their faith. And they will not win a silent battle. They're going to have to speak to him. And he'll flee. And I thank you for it tonight. I claim victory over everybody in this room in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.